passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Questions podcast. It's your third podcast of the week. Three, as in the number of guys sitting in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson. The Big 12 tournament is about to start in Kansas City. Wednesday evening, night, Kansas State plays TCU at 8. Oklahoma State plays Iowa State at 6. We will be there. We're not there right now. We are in Manhattan podcasting to make your week delightful. Just think, you're sitting in your office right now, probably a lot of you in Kansas City. You're kind of overlooking the Sprint Center. So they work at H&R Block. I don't know what okay. buildings are down there. There's a lot of buildings down there. There's one called Stenson. I don't really know what that is. That was our attorneys. I, I built the 13th floor. You what? That's a long story. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go over to the Sprint Center right now. Oh, but I can't because I have work. And also, there's no games going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be decent weather in Kansas City. By the weekend, it's supposed to be like in the 40s, though. Yeah. Not great. We've had better Big 12 tournaments. Yeah. Poor Iowa State, man. It's going to be cold, and their team sucks. There's going to be nobody buying bush lights down there. Oh, they'll stick around. What are they going to do? Go back to Iowa? It's colder, and their team still sucks. <laughs> Kansas State. They're going to win this thing. TC, yeah, watch them get hot. And everyone's like, how the hell did they do that? Boy, that team was bad that played Manhattan Saturday. Wow. And K-State. Did its part in making them look awful. <laughs> Congratulations on K-State for winning. <sighs> if they double their victory total from here on out, they'll be national champions. So, I, Yeah, sure. I mean, you're not incorrect. Hey, it's not over till it's over. But it's over. Enough about this podcast. <laughs> We're sponsored by The Fridge. Get into The Fridge. And contrary to popular belief, vodka will not kill viruses. It takes at least a 50% solution of alcohol to do so, and your common vodka is 30 to 40% alcohol. I'm sorry. Just get into the fridge and stock up if you decide to shelter in place. 
If you don't shelter in place, get into Tanner's. This weekend, they will have Big 12 tournament on. Next weekend, they will have the NCAA tournament on. Not fake Patty's Day festivities. Basketball, the way God intended a sports bar to be. Tanner's, in the heart of Aggieville, but not in the heart of fake Patty's Day this year. Fake Patty's already next Saturday, huh? How odd was it to have the basketball season end during spring break? Not the home schedule. How odd is it that K-State's on spring break right now? It's, I thought my brother was on spring break this week. He has two more weeks. Uh, four days? Yeah. I'm just baffled by this schedule because usually fake Patty's Day is the last weekend of Big 12 action. Instead of the last two years. What was it? Oh, Big 12 Big tournament. 12 tournament. Yeah. But this year, it's neither. It's It's weird. It's a messed up schedule, and I still don't understand how it happens. Get into the fridge, buy lots of liquor, and if you can't get to the fridge, go to Tanner's and buy fridge liquor via Tanner's. That's how it works. Yeah. That's the trickle-down theory of boozenomics. Of boozenomics, huh? Yeah. I think the fridge, by the way... I don't know if they accidentally sold something or if they got the nod to sell something before, but the Boulevard made a new Royals beer. Uh-huh. It's a golden ale. It's mediocre at best. I went in and bought it. Uh-huh. And then, like, this week, Boulevard's like, hey, greater Kansas City area, be on the lookout. This hits the shelf this week. And I'm like, uh, uh-huh. it hit the Manhattan shelf two weeks ago, sir. Ooh. And I was going to tweet that to him, but I didn't want to get the fridge in trouble. Get into the fridge where they get stuff early. Because they know where Riley Gates gets his liquor. (laughs) Well, I was going to tag the fridge. (laughs) We have lots and lots of questions from Wabash Station. We're going to start off with football in this podcast. I thought it said football. No. Oh, it's his first half. I can't read it from here. <laughs> I have no glasses on. Uh, we're going to start off with basketball here. You do have glasses <laughs> on. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so out of it. I'm so out of it. Oh, my goodness. What a mess. It is the first half. It is basketball, and Fitz has glasses <laughs> on. <laughs> I was up till midnight. Editing a podcast, and then I'm back in here in the morning to do another podcast because these two schmoes need to get to Kansas City for Kansas State's open practice at the Sprint Center on Tuesday. Here we go. Here's some questions about something from some of you, and here's that guy sitting next to me who's the MC. I think his name's Zach. From KNED, how much of Saturday's performance was the team doing things that can carry forward versus being about a depleted Iowa State team that plays more pickup game style and doesn't like to defend even when healthy? I mean, I think they can carry it forward. They've had the ability to play like this all year. It's not like Xavier Sneed and Cartier Jada and all these guys forgot how to play basketball. But they, you know, they just weren't playing at that level. So could they carry it forward? Sure, but that was a bad Iowa State team. I mean, every team in the conference would have waxed them like that, especially when you get one guy stepping up. Um, it's like it's one of the things you want to take it. Like I don't want to take that performance away from K State because they played really, really well. But I take it with a grain of salt because Iowa State was down two of their best players. They've mailed it in on this season clearly. And as far as carrying it forward, we haven't seen this team string together good back-to-back performances since, like, November. And that was pre-Florida November. So, 
excuse me if I'm be a little pessimistic here, but I'm not overly optimistic they're going to play like that again. It's hard to judge what was what. Would Xavier Sneed had hit so many shots early if he was better defended? I don't know. He just kind of had that look in his eyes. He missed that first shot, and then after that, he totally locked in. Boy, he missed that shot by a country mile. Is yeah. a country mile longer than a regular mile, or is it like... It's dirtier. It's dirtier. It's just dirty. dirt road. Okay. And when X shoots like that, everyone else can relax. They know the offense is coming from someone. X just played great. I mean, he was out of his mind, shoots the ball well, means the defense is getting set up because the other team's taking the ball out of the net. Everyone else relaxes offensively. Pearson McAdee matches up well, gets the start, and really has an impact on the ball moving on the offensive end. And there was something to that. And you know, K-State just played out of its mind for a game. Maybe that's what K-State can play the level at which they can play at. We saw it against West Virginia. We saw it in this game, and that was really it this season in the Big 12 schedule. It's disappointing. We thought K-State would have more games close to this level, maybe not at this level. But they've been so dysfunctional all season. They just haven't been very good offensively. They haven't been very good defensively. There's just a lot of problems with this team. And for at least one day, on the last day of the regular season, it all went away, and they won. From WTDD2001, how will Xavier Sneed be remembered? What will his legacy 10 years down the road be? Quality player, yep. but... I mean, I don't even actually... Actually, I'm going to take that back. Nobody's going to say but when it comes to Xavier Sneed. They're just going to say, yeah, he was a pretty quality player. Mm-hmm. And if somebody tries to make it more, that's when you can add the but. I mean, he was very inconsistent at times. He didn't meet expectations this year, but it's also not like he was a huge disappointment. No. It's not like he was supposed to be a 30-point-a-game scorer no, or anything he like wasn't. that. He was never known as a scorer. I believe he was the second scorer on his own team in high school. He was a really good player. He's been a really good, stable player for the most part. He had some downs. He had some ups. But he's been a great player in the system complimented the other guys very well until there wasn't enough guys to compliment this season. Nobody's going to not fondly remember Xavier. Nobody's going to remember him with ill thoughts. Right. There are some there are some guys that come through at times at a lot of programs that you know, you go, "Hey, he was a pretty good player, but he wasn't always all there with the team or anything like that." But, you know, you always have a negative memory or something like that. Xavier, I, I mean, I'm always going to think of the Kentucky game. That, that, that'll be right. it. I don't even care about that Iowa State game. I'm always thinking about the Kentucky game. So, good career. No, he's not going up in the rafters. Although, if he was a KU player, they'd put him in the rafters He'd for that one rafters game. by now. Yeah, so it is what it is. From Adam K 63 should Pearson McAtee be playing more or even starting? Why not? At, at this point, why not? But it also depends on the matchup. I think against TCU, the answer is yes. If they win and play Baylor, probably no. But, you know, why not? Why not give him a few minutes to start the game? See, you know, if he's overmatched, get him out of there. Pearson's very self-aware. If he feels like he can't play with the team, he's not going to go out there and, you know, just – trash up the lineup he's gonna do whatever he can do and if he's not physically able to match up he'll come out but he moves the ball so well on offense the ball doesn't just stop when it hits his hands 
If it stops, it means he's going to score. He's going to you know, do something with the ball. So I thought he had a really positive impact on this team. And my, Riley, you're right. Why not, man? Yeah, that's my thought process on it. All right, let's just hypothetically say K-State beats TCU but loses to Baylor. Are we going to mark this season as like, oh, hey, well, I mean, I know it was a disappointment, but they did win in the Big 12 tournament. They got a two-game win. Like, no, like nobody's going to talk about that. So what does it matter if you lose to TCU or you beat TCU? He clearly was one of the better players on the floor against Iowa State. He clearly, like Fitz said, Brought a calming presence. The offense looked a little bit better. Give him the start on Wednesday and just let's just see what happens. And if TCU races out to a six nothing lead, bench him. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You are three and fifteen. From KSU Cat eighty, is there any news on Montavious Murphy? I mean, he's done. I don't know if you missed the story or not. He's done. Um, officially ruled shut down for the year the year quote-unquote there was like four games left but i mean it's it's a serious knee injury i think because it did hold him out for so long but it's also not like he tore his acl or something they're holding him out so he can be better off next year so you don't want to further that injury along make him more damage in the next year especially in a season like this where like i just said it literally does not matter he just had a chronic problem that needed to be cleaned up and when he you know aggravated it was against uh after that tech game wasn't it tech, yeah ah, top of my head and uh they just why why at this point why risk him Doing more damage, and they got it cleaned up, and hopefully be rehabbed and ready to go for off season. Say this, it's I don't know if I'm ready to use the word alarming yet, but it's a little concerning. I think that a 19, 18 year old is already having some chronic knee issues. Mm, that's you know I don't know what his growth spurt was, but that's not uncommon for a kid if he grew late to have some knee issues. I guess so. I hope it doesn't carry over. No, and I think that's the awareness the coaches had. Let's try to get this corrected right now before it gets bad, before it's chronic, before it, you know, is constantly stiff. Let's let's get this stopped and try to reverse the damage right now, and I think they are hoping that's what happens. Also from KSU Cat 80, are there any rumblings of Cardi leaving after this season? Nothing like source-wise or anything, and it's never been like that. It's been speculation, you know? No, I've had people tell me to leave. Okay, sorry. I, when I met, said source-wise, I mean, like, nobody is reporting right now he oh, is leaving. yeah. There hasn't been anything fresh on it. In fact, all the people that, after the tech mess, everyone just kind of, I think they're just done with it. They don't talk about it anymore. I think they know it's done. Maybe they'll work it out. I just don't see them working it out. Bruce Weber throws a lot of shade towards Cardi. Yeah. I've never heard him throw that much shade during a play, at a player during a season. Especially when, like, there was a game. I can't remember what game it was, but he had, like, 16 points or something like that. And it was right after he had a horrible game, and somebody was like, oh, it was the Iowa State game in Ames when we talked to him. And he had, like, 20-some-odd points, and we were like, was it good to see Cardi bounce back with that type of performance after what happened in the previous game? And he goes, yeah, but he could still make a few more shots. He could still be a little bit better. And I'm just like, you guys are horrible today. Cardi was the bright spot. Yeah, it's it's kind of dysfunctional. I don't see him returning. 
I, there's no way, man. Uh, there's someone's, always a way, but I just don't. Someone's got to go. We know that. Mm-hmm. We we have a really good feeling James Love is probably leaving, considering comments there. Right. And if they're going to go add another piece, another person's got to leave. Yep. So I, just all things considered, considering he's getting his degree, I have a tough time seeing him back. I agree. From D Brimmer seventy three, are the windmill dunks when we are not in the lead just a sign of bad coaching? Undiscipline. I mean, you can associate that with bad coaching. You know, when when players are doing stuff that they're not capable of doing in a game. We've seen Cardi do the windmill dunk, but that was a little bit different situation. He was coming right at the rim and was clearly in the open, wasn't rushed. Yeah. Uh, this team just doesn't listen to its coach very well, period. I, I don't know what else to say. They, they just kind of do whatever they want to do at times. If I gave Cartier Jada and Xavier Sneed 10 attempts to go make a wide-open windmill dunk, they would probably make nine of them, if not ten of them. So it's not about the inability to coach somebody to do a windmill dunk. It's about the inability to say, hey, I get that you got that breakaway, but let's maybe just do a normal dunk or let's maybe do a layup. Let's get the two points. And you could tell after the Xavier one, Bruce was pretty ticked about it. Mm -hmm. He was not pleased. I mean, how? How after what had just happened to your own team a couple weeks ago on the road and you just duplicated? How? I, I was just dumbfounded. Also from D. Bremer, he wants us to give some awards. What is your award for most valuable player, best newcomer, and the sixth man? I don't know who the most valuable player was on this team. It's got to be X. I guess. It has to be. Kind of by default, Mm -hmm. honestly. Everybody was inconsistent this year, and he was the least inconsistent of everybody that was good. Maybe Mike. Yeah, I wouldn't put him in VP level. Yeah. It doesn't feel like this team deserves an MVP. <laughs> yeah, X by default. And who was the top freshman in your mind? I guess over the course of the season, Dejuan Gordon. I mean, Montavious was injured enough. Antonio's been up and down. Antonio made a big splash and then didn't do much after that. Um, Montavious well, had the potential, but obviously injuries hurt him. Right. Dejuan was probably the most... Dejuan didn't like peak and then valley and peak and valley all year. I felt like he had a, the line wasn't very high, but he was it was on a pretty steady line. Well, offensively, when defensively, he's pretty darn good most of the year. Yeah, that kid. I think his arms get longer every every uh, week. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of defensive dog in him. I like it an awful lot. And the sixth man. Okay, I guess that one would probably get a mic if you would consider him a sixth man. Yeah, yeah, I would. Best role player would be Mike. I mean, they've shuffled the lineup so much, it's hard to pick a six-man. He, he didn't start enough to not be considered a six-man. Yeah. So we'll go with Mike. From KNED, Big 12 basketball has a collection of coaches with great accomplishments in their past. Which coaches currently make you think their accomplishments are an indicator of what is possible in the future, and which coaches do you think have diminished significantly and their accomplishments uh-huh. are ancient history? It's a good. I mean, it's a That's fair a, question. A lot of question. And I hate to do, like, you know, throw a guy like Hugs under the bus, but Hugs is not—West Virginia's not been, like, an elite school for— 
Uh, well, I mean, they they seem to go down pretty frequently. Right now, I mean, I think they have potential, but they're also not world beaters right now with two of the best big men in the conference. Uh, I mean, I don't think Hugs is done, but I certainly don't think that Hugs has a bright future of a lot of years ahead of him, no. if that makes sense. I mean, the only guys that I think you can say have a lot of good things yet to come in the future are guys like Chris Beard, Mike Boynton, because he's recruiting like crazy. Yep. Uh and like Bill Self uh, by default, maybe an NBA title. <laughs> he said he said definitively he will not be the coach of the San Antonio Spurs, which means he will be the coach of the Spurs next season. Yeah, that's. I could give never. a bleep less about North Carolina. Roy Williams once said. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting bunch of coaches in this conference. It really is. I think Shaka has peaked. Shaka has peaked, and Shaka should have been searching for a new job during the five-game winning streak because that's the highest his stock was going to get. Yeah, I think the brightest future is Chris Beard, obviously. And, folks, I don't think it's at Texas Tech. You don't? I think eventually he'll move on. I don't think he'll go back to Texas as all mater. I think he'll end up somewhere. I don't know. If he's Dude. not going to take the Texas job. You see, there's going to be some jobs eventually that are pretty tempting. Like well, the thing Duke. with the Duke job, like Capel for years, Jeff Capel was supposed to be the heir to the throne. And then Jeff Capel is coaching at Pittsburgh, and he's bad. <laughs> he's not good. So he's not going to get that job. No. But, uh, no, I mean, I, man, Chris Beard. I, if it's not Texas – it's going to have to be one that we don't see opening up very soon. Yeah. But to answer the question, like a guy like Bruce, and I, I'm not saying that Bruce isn't going to have another good year, but Bruce doesn't have enough time left, in my opinion, to hit the peak of the mountain again and maintain the consistency. That's just my assumption, thinking he's going to call it soon. He better hit this out of the park again Yeah. with this group to make another run. Last question of the first half from a new question asker. Hey, Eugene. <laughs> Welcome. Beginning with Jack Hartman and through Bruce Weber, can you rank the best coaches through the worst? It's a good question. I figured you might be equipped to answer this pretty well. Uh, let's start at the bottom being Asbury, Asbury Woldridge. I mean, I'm just looking at the guys here and like, I'm I'm ill-equipped to answer how coaches like E.A. Noth and Carl Merner and Guy Loman like I can't. Well, that's out after Hartman. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood the question. Right. Beginning with Jack Hartman. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I thought he was saying Jack Hartman is no number no. one. Okay, my bad. Timeline. My apologies. So um, I'm just gonna go coaching wise. I'm not gonna really go accomplishment wise. Um, I still think Jack was the best of the group. He, I know he finished on a dud note and really handed off poorly to Lon, but I, he was really, really good. Um, boy, I have to start at the bottom. Here. Yeah, I mean, Woldridge, Asbury, Asbury Woldridge. and Woldridge are clearly at the bottom. Dana? D- see, what do you want to, what are we grading on here? Dana K State or Dana Career? I think Dana just at K-State. Then it's Dana. Because if we're taking that, then Frank is going to take a tumble for South Carolina's yeah, losing. Went to the Final Four. 
They went to the Final Four and then they lost. Mm. Frank's, Frank of South Carolina is one of the most confusing things in my life. That was just a confusing move. <laughs> How badly did he want out of Manhattan and away from John Curry? He took South Carolina. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, the top for me is Hartman. Um, I think in all fairness with Bruce, the two Big 12 championships, it's got to be next. And then maybe Frank, Hugs. Yeah, I I'm, I don't have a. Uh, you know, are Kruger, you putting Kruger ahead of Altman? Yeah, Kruger would actually Kruger probably go uh, above Hugs after Frank. They both did elite eights. Kruger was pretty good. Maybe Kruger goes even higher. Man, yeah, I I think the battle between Bruce and Frank goes to Bruce because he has two trophies. But it's a lot closer than people think because there was never the dip with Frank. There was right. 20 wins across the board. Right. But trophies are trophies. This is a good jumping off point for a mini rant. I mean, we keep hearing about, look how good Bruce is doing compared to, you know, where we were with Asbury and Woldridge. And that's just a fascinating way to define this program to me. Because you think about starting... In the late 40s, you go Gardner, Winner, Fitzsimmons, Hartman, Kruger, Altman. Think of the lasting legacy in the game of basketball all of those names have. But some of you choose to judge K-State basketball by the more current Asbury-Woldridge fiasco. Then luckily, Tim Weiser hit the reset button and hired... Bob Huggins, Frank Martin, Bruce Weber. And those guys are all more in line with the previous guys. And yet people still try to judge the standard of K-State basketball by the two worst coaches almost since the end of World War II. There was a coach in there. But I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, you pick the worst coaches to be your baseline, like your average. Your, well, at least we're better than that. Well, this year wasn't. I just have higher expectations and settling for being better than Tom Asbury or Jim Woldridge. So, you know, people talk about the job. Will it be a good job when it's open? Some of you don't think it's a good job. Think about the coaching fraternity. Gardner, Winter, Fitzsimmons, Hartman. Kruger, Altman, Huggins, Martin. People want to be associated with that. And yes, Weber. That's an incredible legacy of coaches. This is a great, great opportunity. We may not have an opening at Kansas State. We might not see one for a long, long time. Maybe another three, four years, five years, six years. I don't know what Bruce has in him. I think this is probably his last main group coming in. But it's been pretty good, man. It's been it's been a lot better than what most people want to judge it by. And it just kind of makes me sad to see that. We'll be back with more on this Pyrocat Questions podcast. Starting off the top of the second hour, we have a special guest stepping in briefly. We're going to talk about KU's response, hand grenade in response to the NCAA allegations. Jay Heydrich joins us right after this on the Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. 
Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Kansas State PowerCat Questions Podcast. And I say K-State because we're going to talk KU right now. Because it's been an interesting week. It kind of got glossed over by basketball in some ways. Kansas finally responded to the NCAA's list of allegations. The response was about 300 pages. And it just happens that one of our good friends is an attorney who looked it over. Jay Heidrich joins us from Kansas City to handle this at the top of the second half of this podcast. Jay, they went on full offense in forms of their defense of these allegations. You know, honestly, I think it's probably their only choice because the allegations are that harsh, and they just wanted to to undermine the entire premise of some of these allegations. What was your take on what KU said in that response? Yeah, I was surprised by some of the positions that they took um, just because it's on one hand, you, you look at it and you read it and it says, KU had no reason to know that TJ Gasanola was out recruiting for KU. And then you have text messages where Bill Self is saying, you got to go get us some guys. So that, that's kind of a head scratcher as to how those can be. But I understand why KU did it. I probably would have done the same thing, given the way the NCAA has approached things. When you look at what they did with Missouri, with the football and the um, and, and the softball program in particular, the NCAA wants a lot of uh, cooperation and preaches a lot about cooperation, but the, the way they went about that, and, and they've, they've created a, a culture that schools now are just going to dispute everything because cooperation gets you nowhere. So there was a lot of things that kind of left me going – how can they say that with the KU response? But at the same time, too, if I'm KU, I don't know what other options they they really had given the way the NCAA has approached these things in the past. Yeah, they, you're right. I mean, if you go along to get along, they seem to hammer you. And if you fight them, maybe you'll break the back of the very premise of the NCAA, which seemed to me to be what Kansas was attempting to do, to kind of undermine the whole sense of the NCAA and how they enforce rules and, you know, basically say – 
so what? This guy isn't related to us. We don't own him. It doesn't bother us one bit. And I, I don't think it'll work, but like you said, I think it's what they had to do. Speaking about getting glossed over, on one hand, they spent pages and pages and pages vigorously disputing anything related to basketball. And then when football came up, when it came to you know the lawsuit they had with David Beatty, and obviously that's an issue there, when football came up, they said, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, that that was those infractions involved a prior staff member, and the university accepts responsibility for those actions. Yeah, I thought that was very intriguing because their whole defense of not trying to pay David Beatty what he's owed is that these were his problems, and then they turn around and have the exact same problem with the new coaching staff, and they also accepted the allegation against Les Miles' staff because they self-reported it. How can they turn around and say it was all the coach's fault when they just admitted it's an administration, a lack of control problem at Kansas. And that's the, the line KU has to walk, and um, I, don't, I don't envy uh, being in, in their spot right now. I think, you know, like I said, there, there's a lot of things that you scratch your head about, but then you, you go deeper and you say, you know, I, I understand why they did it. I mean, you look at the Missouri softball program, I follow that uh, a little bit because my, my daughter plays softball, but there's not a coach or a player at Missouri right now who was involved in the program when, when the alleged misconduct took place there, and those kids and those coaches are being um, punished, but for no postseason, and, and they fully cooperated. They self, they put self-imposition of sanctions on them. They work with the NCAA at every step, and then still got the hammer thrown at them. So, again, if you're KU and you look at that and you say, you know, if that's what you get for cooperating, I'll roll the dice to see what happens uh, if, if, I, if I'm going to fight it out. Thank you, Jay. Much appreciated. Let's get to your questions, and let's just start right off with a question about this very topic. Zach, take it away. From Wildcat Engineer, I have not seen any national media comment on KU's response to their NCAA notice of violation. Have you seen any national opinion on KU? I mean, a lot what Jay just kind of said, what you've talked about with him. It, no, because there's nothing to, nothing came out. I was shocked by how much discussion there was on Wabash about, like, oh, what's going to happen here? That's exactly what you should have been expecting because – KU had, like you guys said, no choice but to come out and deny this. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to read a 300-legal-page document, they said, we didn't do it, and we'll prove it. And that's what you knew they were going to say. It's all they can say. They're not going to just say, ah, oh, you're right, we've been cheating. God, got Oh, us. Adidas has been helping us the whole time. They'll do that with football. They don't care about football. Yeah, we did it. Here, take that. They have treated David Beatty so poorly. They just shoved football back at the NCAA and basically said, don't mess with our basketball or we'll mess with you. Take football. That's what the response was. I thought it was weird. I did see some national opinions that kind of fought back at KU for being so belligerent. I don't know. I I just don't know that anything will happen here. Am I bad for not really caring? Because even well, if the worst thing happens, it will be 2022. Yeah. I mean, NCAA is just going to slow play this. And that's what's sad about the NCAA. They're just going to make sure everyone who had anything to do with this is probably gone. And then they'll punish the program. They'll let KU cut down the nets this year if they win the national championship. 
Even if it gets vacated, it'll be two years gone, so nobody will really care that much. KU fans will still say, oh, well, we won the game. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I just have a lot of trouble giving a damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody from KU is going to say, well, we had all those titles taken away because we cheated. No, they, they think the cheat codes they're using are part of the game. And basically, KU's response kind of says, yeah. I mean, no, this is, we didn't have anything to do with this. This is an outside influence. This is not someone associated with a program, even though he's associated with a program. Basically, KU's response said, this is how the game's played. We play it. So what? I, I, I don't think anything's going to come of it. I think the NCAA will back down. Are they going to crush one of the basketball powers that makes it a lot of money? Maybe one scholarship, maybe an assistant coach. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This is the Powercat Questions podcast. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge every time you're in town. Real Patty's Day is coming up. Fake Patty's Day is coming up. Can't be real, or it can't be real before it's been fake. It's just weird, man. It's all out of whack this year. What's never out of whack is the fridge, and also our friends at the High Low. They'll whack you right in the mouth with pizza. I would take that. They'll slam you with a burger that's delicious, and then give you a handcrafted cocktail. Apparently, they have mm. half-priced burgers. What on what? It's either Wednesday or Thursday, maybe. Huh. I saw a thing on Instagram Ooh. the other day. Ooh. Ooh. I think I need to go follow them on Instagram. I don't know why I don't. I'm not a big I Instagram wasn't aware guy. they had an Instagram. That's I'm not a big Instagram guy. I'm on there, but it's all dog photos. Right, Zach? That is correct. Yeah. yeah it really is. It's kind of your Snapchat, too. Yeah, well, it is my Snapchat. Because my Snapchat is clearly only friends. Yeah. You, you guys get the dog photos because you know the dogs. That's fair. Man, Daphne did not like you the other day when no. we started. Wow. No. That's weird because she let me pet her last time she was in know. here. She's sketchy. Get her off her home turf. I know. On Dude. an unrelated note, yeah. the Ivy League has just canceled their basketball tournament because of coronavirus. Oh, come on, man. Come on. They they only had a basketball tournament to say they had a basketball tournament <laughs> the last couple of years. Some bubble team is not getting in. It is auto bid. K-State, come on down. I don't get this. Am I underplaying the coronavirus? Not for you. See, here's the double whammy. If you're in a group in which you have a compromised immune system, like myself, you know, or older people, you have to be careful right now. I've thought about not going to Kansas City just because it's now in the area It's not really about what's been diagnosed, what's undiagnosed, because it's almost exclusively killing older people. I think I retweeted that the average age of death in Italy is 81. Wow. The average. I mean, it's it's cleaning out elderly groups. I find it intriguing that China developed a virus, because I think it came out of their labs, that kills older people that the government has to support. Hmm. I just feel like it's like, huh. I, I feel like it's a lot like the swine flu and all that stuff, you know, where we're all going to freak out about it. And The death rates for older people are significant. You know, the flu, seasonal flu kills a lot more people. The seasonal flu is a lot more deadly for people in your age group mm-hmm. 
than this virus, at least now, the virus could mutate. Well, I don't understand why so many people are being, I understand being proactive, but there's being overreactive. Austin canceled South by Southwest, just crushing the economy. Now they've set a, a limit of like events can't be over 2,500 people in Austin, Jeez. which I don't see how that's legal. I don't know how you can tell people they can't assemble. It seems constitutional to me. I, I just think in some places people are overreacting. It's really ravaging Italy. I imagine it's ravaging China. We're just being lied to by them. Congratulations well, to Yale, the regular season champion who received the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think there the Ivy League was like, oh, we got an excuse? We're not playing. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch Columbia and Harvard go at it on a Tuesday afternoon Man. or whenever the hell that they wouldn't game hold was. It during class. Come on. That's fair. Yeah. Just Anyways, be careful, be considerate, but continue with your lives. If you're if you're a person not who might get it and not be really affected by it, because if you're healthy, it's like a bad cold. You know, wash your hands. Don't spread it around where it gets to a bunch of old people or a bunch of weak immune people like me. That's that's my criminal. Wash your hands. Just wash your hands. Please with do soap. it. You should have always been doing it. I see you walking out of the bathroom without washing your hands. Penis hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you, penis hand. Jeez. Want to talk to you? Do you ever? If you have a choice, do you ever touch the doorknob or the handle, the bathroom going out? I don't. I use the paper towels I wipe my hands with. I've always grabbed no, the door I'm handle. No, I'm not a... I've always grabbed the door handle, and I've never gotten sick from it. Look, I'm all for washing hands, but I'm not a nerd. <laughs> okay. Shared penis hands. Let's move on to the next question. I've said the word, you know what, three times now. Let's move on. <laughs> From Purple Powerhouse, please give us your two cents regarding the new linebackers, coaching hire, good deal, bad deal, or just, meh, it's a coach. It's definitely not that, I don't think. They wouldn't pick the dude away from a Power 5 school. I didn't think they were going to do that. I thought they were going to hire a young guy. Young guy, cheap guy, energetic guy, relates to the players guy. No, they went out and got an old school football coach that has a lot of experience, has a background with this coaching staff. Keep in mind, this was the guy Scotty Hazelton replaced at Wyoming. He's not D coordinator. He didn't do a great job as D coordinator, but he is, by all accounts, a good coach and apparently a pretty good recruiter. He brought in some studs into Syracuse. And I was kind of impressed with this hire, actually. Yeah, I didn't. I really thought they were just going to go get, and I don't mean to diminish the FCS, but some small FCS nobody that they were going to take a chance on because it was cheap. You know? Mm hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have blamed them for doing that. And that's kind of what you got to do on March 8th or whatever, usually. Well, particularly if you want to raise the salaries of the guys you're really trying to keep. And it sounds like, according to Calis Robinette, everybody is getting a, at least a $25,000 bump this year. So there's that. I think it's a good hire. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens with... Oh, man, I only got a $25,000 raise. That's <laughs> crazy. Pitts, you think you could give us? Could you give us a twenty-five thousand dollar raise? Uh, yeah, I can give one of you that. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen to the other one, Fitz? Well, let's not talk about it on the podcast. From the incredible Golk, what do you think will be the punishments for the players who have been arrested recently? Will anyone miss a game or more, possibly? 
I don't necessarily like speculating on this. Yeah, I don't know about a game or more. I bet you they're pretty worn out. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling. Um, they're probably ready to do some mountain climbing. <laughs> um, look, I I think it all comes down obviously to like what Chris Kleiman feels is like bad enough. The good thing for Chris Kleiman, I guess, is that this happened before spring football, so he could frankly suspend them for spring football, and it would come off as a pretty harsh punishment. I I don't think that's that harsh a punishment. I'm saying I think in terms of somebody that just sees it, players suspended for the entirety of spring football. That, oh, my. That's oh, big. You mean I get to take spring football off? Oh, darn. If it were me, Nick Allen and DeMarquis Hayes for getting DUIs would be at least one non-conference game, if not all three. Wow. Now, frankly, those two guys aren't going to matter to K-State's non-conference schedule, really. So they can kind of get away with that, too. I'd probably just do a non-conference game. The drug thing, probably a game. I mean, but also... KU had a player get arrested for domestic violence, suspended him one game, and everybody was like, oh, that's cool. So if they don't suspend those two for marijuana possession, it's like... I don't think people were like, that's cool. I think there was significant outrage for yeah. the one game for Puka. I, mean, it, I, don't well, think, I think there was significant outrage from K-State fans. He had the spring football thing, too, oh, which yeah. is just meaningless to me. They Congratulations. his body. <laughs> Congratulations. You don't have to work out. I know. You, you, and the guy was going to be a starter, so you just gave him the spring off, and he felt better about himself. I think one game for all this. I mean, it's not like this was drug possession with intent to sale, sell, that they caused an accident with a DUI. I mean, we're not even sure one was a DUI. I think he just simply refused to blow, which gets you charged with the DUI, doesn't get you convicted of it. He hasn't. He's done the opposite. He hasn't pled guilty. He, you know, he didn't give them evidence. Now he has. They have to go prove he did it without the evidence. So I, I think working them into the ground and maybe a game is good enough in all these. I mean, if it involves an illegal weapon, drug sales, violence towards another human being, yeah, more significant. From KM Wildcat. What would you credit the inconsistency of the offensive line last year? Probably a lot of struggle to really kind of adapt. This wasn't just a new offensive line coach and they're kind of teaching the same thing. It sounds like it was an entirely new way of doing things on the offensive line, whether it's, you know, different pollings or different, you know, uh, Aggressiveness of blocking. I, you know, I don't. I don't know all the things that go into college blocking schemes. Admittedly, it was different. It sounded drastically different, and and they weren't always equipped to do it. And I think I suspect some of the guys just weren't really motivated to do it. You know, that just wasn't what they signed up for at Kansas State. That's the biggest challenge in this spring is to get a group of five to seven, eight guys ready to do what Connor Riley and this offense wants. And it opens up the possibility, despite all that experience, of getting a group that's more bought in and ready to do those things and maybe performs at a higher level more consistently. I think, I, I, yeah, I think it's just a lot of the getting the guys that you know and, and not, it sounds like I'm taking a shot at the seniors, but they've been in the same thing for four years, five years, whatever. 
they're not going to be able to change just like that, you know, just because a new coach came in and taught them a new philosophy. They're out there cut blocking. And, and it's that's tough. So we'll see kind of what happens moving forward with the new line. From Payne Train 95, how much does it help the athletic department budget now that Sean Snyder has gone to USC? I mean, I don't have a number, but I imagine it wasn't a small number. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's helped Sean, that Sean's leaving. It helps that Andre Coleman and Brian Norwood and all those guys came off any money owed. I mean, they both would have been owed the difference between what they were getting paid and what they should have been paid at K-State. Maybe the same with Sean, I don't know. You know, his salary was like 200k. Oh darn! That's just what a horrible thing to have to live off of. In Manhattan, I'm now told Coach Snyder's. You know, they're winding it down. It's been a payment thing. How much do you think USC's paying Snyder? I have no clue, but it's a full time position. You so think it's over a million? Oh no. no! Even at USC? No, I bet you it's. I mean, those schools out in the West are struggling. Yeah, I just didn't know if they I had bet a lot you of money. It's at least. Three fifty, if not four, four to five. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's it's good enough to be able to afford Chick Fil A every day. Every mean, day. You mean In and Out? Oh yeah. In and out. Do they? I bet they don't have Chick Fil A out there, do they? Oh, they do. Yeah, they oh, do. I thought Chick Fil A was kind of a Chick Fil A's everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. I apologize to Chick Fil A. Apologize to the chickens. No. Huh. Um. I I don't think Gene Taylor wants to go through another buyout scenario real quick. No. I think he wants this to further absorb, get the budget back in track, get the hiring back online. As you noticed, Ryan Wallace posted something about a new person connected to recruiting. That's because money's freeing up. Yeah, I think there's a, a desire just to kind of settle in for a while. From D Brimmer 73 Aren't the women a lock for the NCAA tournament no. given the last half of the season wins on the road and the star power of Aoka Lee and Peyton Williams? They're almost closer to being a lock out of it than they are yeah. to being a lock in it. They got to do some damage in Kansas City. Look, there is a they put up a blind resume test on ESPN Plus during the game on Sunday. It was K-State, uh, Georgia Tech and somebody else and I mean of those three K-State clearly had the best resume of the three all across the board but they weren't on the bubble the other two were on the bubble so the point that you know Smoller was making was how can K-State not be on the bubble right now especially if they win this game and go 10 and 8 10 and 8 in the conference is great winning six of your last eight or whatever the number is is great but K-State killed itself in the non-conference by being so bad and playing outside of Oregon and their junk a new jam or whatever the thing was called, they did not play a good non-con. Their RPI is 78. Oof, that's killer. They lost UT Arlington at home. Yeah, that one hurt. Be prepared for a WNIT home game. Covered WNIT this year. Got nothing better to do. Don't throw your parking pass away. Yeah, I just about did, and then I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got sitting in my seat and like, hold on. We might have an NIT after all. Look, I think the expectation was the NCAA tournament this year, and so I would say it's a disappointment of a year, but all things considered, you lose one of your best players. You get off to a shaky start. I'm impressed with how they finish, but it's not good enough. Yeah, they – Honestly, they probably need to win two in Kansas City. And, and that would number include, two is Baylor. Yeah, the second one's Baylor. 
Last question of the podcast from KNED. Riley, do you live in a constant state of frustration because you are accused of having mediocre expectations in women's basketball? Yeah, I didn't really understand the question fully. Um, I'm not sure which side KNED was on there. I don't have low expect. I have the same expectations pretty much for the women's basketball team as I have for the men's basketball team. I mean, I think K-State is a program that's in – K-State's women's basketball program – is in a good enough shape to be in the NCAA tournament almost every single year. That's kind of where I'm at. I think they should be a top half of the conference team right now. I think they have the players. But you know what has been shown by Kansas State? My expectations don't matter of where the program should be. The only people that matter are the people on the inside. And the people on the inside are saying that it's okay for the men's program, for example, to have dip years where you miss the tournament one or two straight years. Well, the women haven't missed the postseason at all since Jeff Mitty's been here, so the bar is clearly set there. Mm-hmm. Do I think the bar should only be postseason? No. But I guess on a bright side of things, they're not totally missing it. Like I, It's a tough line to toe. I do think K-State's getting their return on investment. Bruce Weber's making significantly more than Jeff Mitty's making, so it's not like they're paying them equal salaries to do the same job. But I do think they need to start winning more. I mean, they got to get the NCAA tournament again. And, and for once, they got to make a little bit of a push in the NCAA tournament because they've only made it past the first round, I think, twice. And they've never made it to the, the second weekend under MIDI. So they got to start winning some if, if they can get there. If you're going to play a sport, play it. Don't half ass it, don't half commit to it. Go all in. But I'll say this I think my expectations for football, men's basketball are higher. Simply because they drive the revenue. Yeah. You have to be good in those sports or your revenue bottoms out and the other sports then get deficient in revenue. And it's just the reality of how it does, how it works in this level of of college athletics. If football runs it, men's basketball helps. In a few cases, women's basketball or baseball chips in. That is in Kansas State. You better get everything you can out of football, men's basketball. You got to have it for your budget. It drives everything in your department. Women's basketball, they're okay. Would I like them to be better? Yeah. Do I think they can be better? Absolutely. We'll see what the future holds. That's it for this edition of the Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by The Fridge. Thank you to Tanners and the High Low for sponsoring our segments. We'll be back next week with a post basketball we think edition of the questions podcast you've been listening to the power cat questions podcast presented by fridge wholesale liquor power cat podcast all rights reserved gopowercat.com and spirit street publishing this is tony kornheiser show i'm tony we expected someone else So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.